Welcome to the FMAN podcast, the podcast which focuses on the person doing the trading, the trader, and their interaction with the market, the impact the market has on them, and the skills, actions, and activities needed to navigate their way through the terrain of the financial markets. Trading, like poker, and many games and sports, entails losing and failing often. Many of the greats of trading will tell you how failure and being able to cope with failure lie at the very core of success. In this episode of the Alphamon podcast, we look at this through the lens of the three Fs, fear, frustration and failure, and how success requires learning how to cope with failure since failure is such a big part of trading success. Now, here are a few excerpts from this week's episode. Not managing failure becomes a disease that has profound impact on you and your ability to perform in anything. I mean, because in the sports world, if you can't cope with failure, you might as well give up. I always remember a quote which I used to keep on my desk, and it came from a book called Phantom of the Pit. And, and the line which always got me was, the truth is that the best loser is the long-term winner. Now, if he'd have tried to look at that and avoid that drawdown, he would never have made that money. You have to learn to lose well in order to win. As frustrating as it is, as fear-inducing as it is, okay, as much as you might equate that to failure, you have to see that as part of the process. Now, before we start, we would like to thank our podcast sponsor, the Society of Technical Analysts, the STA. The STA provide world-beating education on price action analysis techniques and have been the go-to place for pro traders and investors to learn high-level technical analysis skills for over five decades. Now, do check out their brilliant home study course, which is based off their technical analysis diploma taught annually at the London School of Economics. Listeners to the Alphamon podcast can obtain a discount on the STA home study course. To know more about this, visit alpha-mind.net. Now, on with this week's podcast. Welcome to this week's Alpha Mind podcast. And you've got the pleasure of listening to guest myself and Stephen Goldstein this week. Because we feel as though we want to guess, chew over the fear, frustration and failure. If you look at fear, frustration and failure and calibrate each one of those... Are they all of the same value in, 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 in our conversation or is one of those particularly important to talk about to start with? Well, I think it's interesting that there uh, are the three Fs um, and I think they come together in trading. Um, and, it, and it's something which never goes away. It's something which is, I think, symptomatic of the environment that you're in. When, you, when you're trading, when you're working with markets, when you're working with something that is so difficult to discern, you know, we're dealing with such, um, I'm, I'm not sure how you describe it, uncertainty, randomness, um, something which, which, you know, we, we make a call, we make a judgment call one minute and then we're made to look stupid the next by the markets. And that's frustrating, that's fear-inducing, and, and creates, you know, feelings of failure. And it, it, it's all of those feelings you get from those which make this job so difficult, so hard, because, you know, you, you need to – this comes back to this issue of self, which, you know, we always talk about. It, it's so important to to back yourself in this job, to trust yourself, to believe in yourself um 
nobody else is going to have your back. Only you can have it. And at the same time, you know, trading's a market. just make us feel stupid, insignificant, um, uh, often a failure. It, it creates feelings that are very unpleasant and that undermine us and, and cause us to doubt ourselves in a job where we, we need to back ourselves and where you can't be, you know, you have to remain humble. You, you have to, you, you can't be arrogant. But at the same time, you you must believe in yourself, and it, it, it that <laughs> that challenge has got so many different elements and aspects to it, and and so many things which which are central to trading, and this fight, this battle. Um, but you know, you are going to feel them. You can't help it. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The I think a lot of people out there. You know, we talk about fear of the market, but what, what we're fearing with so much going on in the world is fear of a news item turning up that totally blows away any strategy that we had that then rapidly kills us. And, uh, you know, we need to have the process in place so that if such a thing happens, that that, that event creates as least damage as possible to, you know, our bottom line and our, and our reserves. Um and of course, and I think a lot of traders out there, you know, don't have the process and perhaps don't don't have don't have faith in their ability because they've not really looked at the process enough, they've not trained enough about it. And so what what they're basing it upon is guess hope. You know, guess hope that the next news item is going to be in their favour. Hope that when they wake up in the morning and face the market that you know, nothing's happened overnight to destroy, you know, their plans. So there's this hope. But hope is kind of like the process of walking through the fire, you know, and hoping you don't get damaged by it. But faith is the ability to actually jump over the fire so that you're kind of, you know, you're avoiding it, but you're still in control. And so faith in the sense of faith in your ability, becomes really, really important, I think, as a way of really combating fear. You know, the fear of fear is often generated by <clears throat> just just not being trained well enough for what you're doing. You know, for example, you know, military, we're talking about the military and you know, it's practically you know, if, if you were a, a soldier that operated on fear. You, know, you you wouldn't be much of a soldier, but you're trained to, to to cope and deal with it, and to believe in your support structure, your you know the weapons, your the way you, that you're protected, and that those processes allow you to have reduced fear. You know, going into an area of uh, uh, of high risk, and it's it's not dissimilar to trading, really. But if you're only using hope as your model of approach to trade in the market, you know, watch out, you're going to get, you know, badly taken to the cleaners on a fairly regular basis. So I think process drives faith, having belief in your models, your modeling, your thinking becomes really, really important. And that helps you overcome fear. But it also... I think it allows you to cope better with things like frustration. 
you know, frustration is often, you know, I can't get my head around this and, you know, almost like, why can't I do this? And what am I missing? You know, what have others got that I haven't got? And I get more frustrated because of that. So frustration is often the origin of frustration is that you've not paid enough time training for this really, really complex topic that is trading. Some people just jump into it and go, right, I'm ready. And some may succeed in that sense. But, you know, the majority are not going to sustain the journey with that approach. Well, I think nearly everyone makes that mistake of jumping in there. You know, it's something which, you know, we're we're, we're lulled into a full sense of security when we start trading. That that it's a big part. That's a big part of it. You know, we, we... you know, you sit there, you watch the market, you you see the price move. Sometimes you you'll make an, a guess that it's going to do this and it does that, and you think, well, this is easy. I can do that. Um, and maybe you you play on a simulator or trade a small account for a while, and it's going very well. Well, you haven't really got an awful lot of skin in the game, and it's easy when there's skin in the game. You know, there's. Um, it, you know, tra- trading is not that hard, and yet it's incredibly hard. There's a huge paradox there. Okay, on one level, the act of trading isn't that difficult. Um, I-, I-, I equate it often when I'm working with people. I equate it to a- 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 an analogy or a metaphor of crossing a walking across a four-inch beam. Okay, where. The four-inch beam is perked, perched, and let's just put this for people who are metric as well. It's about a 10-centimetre wide beam or plank, and it's perched between, say, two chairs or, or you know, just, just two feet or 60 centimetres above the ground. And, you know, we, we can all do this. We do this at school. When we're young, we walk upon these during our early gym lessons or, or physical education lessons. And our balance isn't great, but as we walk along that beam and across that beam and up and down that beam, our balance improves. And pretty soon you can walk across that beam very easily, very competently. Um, and, and if you keep practicing and trying, you can eventually perhaps even do exercises on it. That, that's what people do in gyms. You know, people win gold medals for that across that very narrow beam. Um, so, so trading is a little bit like that. It's not that complicated and it's not that difficult to learn the basics and, and to become, you know, quite competent at, at the basics, you know, if you follow a system or a method or a process, the problem is that that beam, when we, when we start really trading for a living is then raised to about 200 feet off the ground. Um, let, let's put that in metres. I guess that's about 60 to 70 metres, about the height of uh, maybe maybe 20 storeys, a 20-storey building. And that beam is now perched between two buildings of 20 storeys high across the roof. And the physical act of crossing the beam is exactly the same as it was when it was two feet off the ground. Okay, but the crossing of it 200 feet in the air is completely different because your mind is not going to be the same. 
your mind is never going to be the same up there. It's it's going to be scared. It's going to be nervous. It's going to be anxious. It's gonna. It it, it it's not meant. We're not meant to exist with our feet not firmly on the ground. You know, we 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 are not <laughs> made for those sort of heights. And even just stepping one foot on it is, you know, you're, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be anxious. Your mind is playing tricks with you. You're going to have fear up there. You may be frustrated if you can't do it. You know, you you, you might be thinking, hold on, this is exactly the same um, mechanics of foot placement, of balance that I had when I was doing it two feet off the ground. And and you might have a harness, a safety harness. You might have a, a net, a safety net below you, but you're still going to be nervous. You know, you're still going to be anxious and it's going to change the way you cross that beam. You're going to cross it nervously. You're going to unbalance. You're going to tip. And you might be frustrated that you fail in trying to do it. And that is where trading is. That's what trading really is. It's it's doing that relatively simple thing, 200 feet in the air, where you're vulnerable and all your vulnerabilities are going to come out. And your strengths that you developed at the lower level, are you're not able to bring them to the same degree, strengths of balance, competence, capability at that higher level. So really what you're trying to learn to do is learn to trade 200 feet in the air. And that is why it's so hard. And that's what you have to learn to do. And that's the bit that you don't see when you're learning two feet off the ground. No, it's the old tightrope walker, isn't it? Walking on a, on a washing line between the Kuala Lumpur Towers, you know, but um, you know, some with a safety harness, some without. Um, you know, and what's the difference? Well, the difference is, you know, they, they've got total faith in their capability. And they're not doing it on hope. Um, I, and actually, I, I, their journey to that point has been one of failure, learning, failure, learning, failure, learning, to the point where they have more success than failure. But that journey to that point for for each individual is very, very different. It, it could be fast. I mean, it's, it, let's face it. Someone might just pick up an algo or a piece of AI and just hit the market with the right approach and be successful. It's not impossible. But the majority are going to just go through this struggle. And to look at it as a struggle and a learning journey, I think, is the way to look at it. Yeah, we talk about the market, but what we're talking about is the place where all information globally feeds into price discovery and price movement. So the market is kind of like, you know, the response to global information. And there's a lot of information that the the market is moving on at the moment. So factoring in, you know, the fact that your radar needs to be broader, it needs to be wider, it needs to be, you know, not so focused on the bid and offer, but very focused on peripheral information and picking up trends and nuances from appropriate sources leads you to understand the market because you're understanding information at a higher level of thinking, a higher definition. So I think that 
the components of market are also things that as a trader and, and perhaps a, as an evolving trader, you need to ask those questions. So, okay, fear, frustration, failure is going to happen. Um, how do I make it happen in a way that I can manage? Well, let's get start at the market, information level. What am I looking at? How am I looking at it? You know, how am I looking at technicals? Because I may be looking at a short-term technical trading plan, but I'm trading long-term trading. So the two are not going to connect. So I need to review how I manage my analysis of market. Um, because if I'm, if I'm analyzing the market uh, with the wrong time frame for the type of trading that I've got, I'll become frustrated. So I need to recognize that, realize it, and do something about it. Um, because... I'm sort of fearful that my approach is just not going to work with you know the evolving global um, news climate. So I think agility becomes important and growth mindset becomes important. A lot of people just say it's worked in the past; it will carry on working. So I, I'm I'm stuck with it. That's the way my plan works under a fixed mindset. Um, I think there's so much going on. Um, you you need to have the ability to say. I'm wrong, I need to review, and I need to come back to the, um, you know, the sort of the, the drawing board and re-describe my plan and get comfortable with my plan and apply my plan. Um, and not be scared of saying, my current plan is not fit for purpose. Uh, those sorts of things, you know, if you've got, you've got to constantly look at this, this way of how do I reinforce my belief? How do I reinforce my faith in my ability? How do I reinforce my ability to take it on the chin, foul, get up and carry on and come back to to trading and carry on trading intraday or whatever, whatever. Those things are are critical. I don't think people are asking enough of those questions. They're just hungry to think, how how do I win? How do I win? How do I win more? It's how do you you manage yourself? It's, it's, you know, it's going when, when you're when you're taking when you're managing risk, you know you you have to think yeah. of your entire process. You know, analysis is just one thing. You well, know, that, that's it. another mistake. Yeah, a lot you of know. people think trading is analysis. It's not. You know, analysis is one of the tools of trading. You know, and it's a constant thing you're doing, constantly scanning the environment. But you know, I I, I meet many analysts and had worked with some who became traders and they really struggled with trading because they thought, you know, I know where the market's going. I understand where the market's going. I've done it over many years. I can call markets well, but they never developed themselves as traders. And that's, you know, it's a different job. Being an analyst is not being a trader and being a trader isn't being an analyst. You know, there's lots of traders out there who don't do any analysis, who just take signals and are really good at it because they they manage themselves when doing it. Obviously, there there, there is a constant scanning of the environment, so there's a form of analysis going on. But you know, it, it, it's a, being a trader is being a risk taker. You have to develop yourself as a risk taker. That's that's the skill. You know, that, that's where that's where the tightrope walking analogy works well. It, it it's does. Not about, it's you know, trading is not about saying the market's going up or the market's going down. And I think this is what confuses a lot of people. You know, it's very easy to make money in one-way markets. A lot of people have found that out in the last couple of years. They did really well in the bull market of 2020 or the 
um, the, the the Bitcoin bull markets, and you know that they've they've really you know that they, they thought they were good traders. Often they started trading at that time, and they thought they were good, and they added more risk to it. They put more money on as they got better and better, and felt more confident. But you you have to trade through. You know those bull markets come to an end, and then you don't know how to trade the other markets, the sideways markets, the corrective markets, and and you haven't developed the skill. You've got to be someone who can trade through multiple different environments. And and you have to be able to hold on to your money when things aren't going well. You have to be able to pull back when you suffer setbacks. You have to be able to reset and refresh and get back to your system or your process. And that's that's a multi-year learning thing. So if you don't have all of those skills you only have one of the skills or you you've only had the ability to make money when things are going really nicely and you've been taught one system or one method and you think that's trading well it's not so then you can imagine why why you can imagine then why people become fearful and afraid and you know i i listen i i i you know you as well we don't trade for livings anymore if we did, I guarantee you, there would still be periods where I, I'm gripped by fear. I, you know, I, I have to fight the failure feeling that comes in me, and I'm heavily frustrated. That, and I know that because, you know, we talk to people who've been doing this 30, 40 years, and they're still having all those, all those issues and challenges. They don't go away just because you spend more time at it. You become better at adapting to it and coping with it and creating strategies that enable you to manage through it and to to get back on the, uh, almost you could say, on the rope after you fall off. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, tr- trading, I mean, I've, you've been to so many conferences and people, yeah, tra- it's a 50-50 bet. It's going up, it's going down. If it's a 50-50 bet, then 50% of the people will be making money, 50% of the people will be losing money. But we know it's something like 90% of people are losing money. So... So what's the difference between the 50-50 sort of random bet and the 90-10 outcome? The difference is essentially mindset, trading psychology, process. So if yeah. if all, you know, so if if the people that are the part of the 90% woke up to really, you know, putting effort into the the, the process, putting effort into turning hope into faith by that acknowledgement that they need to work around these things. They need to put the effort in. They need to constantly review, constantly grow. They'll get closer to the 50-50, but it's still only a 50-50 bet. You know, if you went, if you on the market open every day, you went long and short at the same time, put a take profit in um, that was uh, a further distance away than stops and just ran it every day like that, You'd probably make you'd probably make more money because you're just purely trading around the odds of the market moving in a certain direction that you'd not. You know, let's face it, no, no one knows the true direction of market. We, we know you think you know it, but actually, it's it's very very difficult to to to, to really interpret the information to really really know that I'm about to buy and it's going to go up and I'm going to make money. Um, you know, you can join trends, that's fine. But there are difficult days out there. There was quiet days out there. And you might have tested your processes in quiet, non-data, non-trending days. You think, oh, this all works very well. But you try putting it out there on a black swan day and see what happens. 
you put it out there on a data day or a FOMC day or a or you know a, you know ECB day and see, see if your processes really really work. So there's like I say, there's time to step away, get involved, be intelligent about when you trade and why you trade, but also just this 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 concept of understanding that even if you know all information, the market's still only a 50-50 bet. So you need to work bloody hard to turn that into something that's a bet in your favour all the time. Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing is that there's various ways of looking at trading. There's, there's the people who take the 50-50 bets and Jim Simons is probably the most successful hedge fund manager and trader of the last three decades his system that he built and it took him about 12 years uh, wins just over 50 percent of the time yeah you, you you have other people that have a different approach so someone like warren buffett his investments which he's made since in, in over i think nearly six decades in the markets he's only won on about three percent of them two to three percent of them um, so he's a master at managing the downside on the other ones. Yeah. And um, then you have other people that win close to 80, 80 to 90% of the time. But they will have bigger losing bets when they come across. So they have to keep that mathematical relationship going. So they win often and small, but lose rarely, but large. Um, and it's, all about adhering to your system or process whichever method you use so you can somehow tip those odds in your favor and they're always going to be marginal and and you know just you know crossing the spread a couple of times a day can be enough to kill you when you do that every single day so you know you have to have a process that tips those odds just marginally back in your favor and that takes years and years to develop you know it's it's this is why we always talk, call it a performance activity. And you're going to face enormous frustrations as we keep going back to that in doing this. And, I, you know, I often wonder that that 90% number, 90% fail. I think it's a lot higher than that. I think yeah. I think that the, the, the marketers like using that number because it makes it feel like... But well, it's not just retail. It's it's drift. Yeah, but it drifts into the pro world as well. Well, the pro world has an enormous edge. You know, they're, they're the house, they're the oh, casino. Yeah. Some um, does have, but there's some parts, I guess, naked as the rest of retail. Well, they're, 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 they win a lot more, but they have a lot higher costs. It might um, not be their money. You know, it, well, it's, it, you know, the most hedge funds fail. And the, the biggest reason for failure is not the investment process of the hedge fund. It's their inability to keep a cap on costs. Yeah. Um, the inability to manage risks properly, you know, that that lead to the failure. You know, it's it, it's a high cost business when you're on that side of it. Um, but, you know, we're coming back to it. You know, it's success is so hard. You've got to work really hard at it and you've got to work on yourself. Get back to this idea. You know, you are going to be fearful a lot of the time. You are going to be frustrated. And you are going to face regular failures. You know, if your method of trading was akin to the method I had when I was a trader, I failed about 80% of the time. Mm. Um, And my wins, when when I did win, were obviously much bigger. I kept my losses small. 
Um, but occasionally I would allow a loss to get a little bit too big and that would be problematic. And that's because I thought I was right. You know, that was my mind telling me, no, this is going to come back and stick with this one. And I then abandoned, at that moment, I'd abandoned my process. I'd abandoned my rules. You know, I'd, I'd gone outside of it. And, and that that is deadly when you do that. But developing that ability to, that kind of self-control, it's so hard. You know, you're on your own. It's you against the market. Um, you know, <laughs> this fear is, you know, process is almost the antidote to fear, but it doesn't get rid of it either. You know, because you abandon process a lot of the time. You know, it's very hard to have fixed rules when you're in a game where you're, you're, you know, you're playing with guessing and estimating a lot of the time. It's that unknown quality of markets. You know, it, it's almost like, you know, we just don't, you know, we think we've got the information. We think we've got some good clues together and we think we know where the market's going. Um, and you, you might be sitting there holding a certain position and then, you know, suddenly Russia invades Ukraine and all bets are off. <laughs> and, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you have no control over information and you will not know the full information and the story out there. Um, but I think that when people in the the throes of trying to trying to work out how to trade. Um, you know, I think very often people come at this with the how how do I win? How do I make money? You know, how am I gonna, you know, reap huge rewards from this market? That's the wrong question to start with. The the question you have to start with in this world is how am I going to lose? What do I do when I fail? What's my what's my response to failure? Because you're going to get a lot of it. So if you've not worked out how you're going to lose and how you're going to respond to failure, then don't embark on your journey until you've understood that. Because the the, the neuro- neurological weight of failure on the mind is far more potent than any success so you might have a whole run of successes but then you have this failure and that failure will be so plain on your mind that you forget the success and you you start to to doubt yourself because you've not learned to cope with failure and so it becomes something that's almost a disease you know so not Managing failure becomes a disease that has profound impact on you and your ability to perform in anything. I mean, because in the sports world, if you can't cope with failure, you might as well give up because you're going to fail and you're going to have to get up. And I must say that, um, I mean, the Americans are much better with this sort of positive psychology, sort of performance stuff than the, the most European sort of countries, I feel. They've discussed this got a greater resilience and ability to expect failure and to learn from failure and to get up from failure and carry on and or rework or re-engineer yourself and get back to work. Uh, I think far more effectively than I've seen uh, in you know people that come from the sort of the, the European world. And I think that that spirit of engagement is is down to a greater degree of self-belief in process 
a greater degree of commitment to, you know, to do the work, to engage with coaches, to engage with mentors, to learn from the right sources, to test under all market conditions. Don't just think, oh, it's a quiet day today, I'll, I'll test my model. Well, you know, don't be so dumb, right? Test your model under all sorts of various circumstances. Even if you think that your model will fail, just test it. And then step back and ask yourself the question, okay, how can I make this less painful for me? Because I'm going to be failing a lot. You know, what is my point? What is my red line where I get up and think, you know, I need to do something different for a bit because I've, 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 you know, that failure really, really hurt. You know, Tom Canfield, you know, we know, know the story there from the previous podcast. You know, that ability to, and, and he, him looking back on what he thought was a good approach to, to failure, looking back on it after his heart attack, he, he worked out that actually there is so much more I should have done to make, to manage that point of failure in my my trading life. there's I should have done more than just the walk away and relocate and re-engage. Uh, the reason why he's doing that, of course, he's starting to understand that value wasn't about money, but value was about time. So t- time with family suddenly became much more valuable than him than money. And so there's this other dimension of, well, why are you trading? Are you trading just as a hobby? Are you doing it? To make a living, if you're looking to make a living out of trading, you know, good luck. You may want to be doing other things as well to keep yourself putting bread on the table. Um, yeah, so don't lo- lose sight of being realistic about things. I think that, you know, that and having some degree of balance and remembering that life is more important than trading, you know, and if you can fit time in for a bit of trading every now and then, then fine. But don't get so sucked into it that it becomes, you know, the market owns you, a little famous phrase. You don't want the market owning you and to just be dragging you in to trade because the temptation of you being in this sort of market sweet shop to just go back to it, to, dip, to get the sugar rush of, 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 of trading, you know, becomes a bit of a mistake because you then start trading just for the hell of it or what you see as the fun of it. But it's not much fun when you start to drop significant amounts of money on a regular basis because you're trading without any sense of reason. And so, you know, the philosophy behind why you're trading is a very big question that everyone should be asking. Yeah, you've really kind of summed it up perfectly there. You know, people go into this to make money, but they don't go into it aligned to their purpose or they don't have a clear purpose. You know, making money is, is, is not a reason to do something. It needs to be the result of the reason that you do something. And what you've been talking about there, what I've been here really talking about is purpose. You know, when, 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 when I ask people who are successful why they do it, they never say it's about money. You know, there, there is a, 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 an element where the money initially attracted them. You know, it, it was a lure. It brought them to it. But they nearly always... In fact, I think we say nearly always, you know, it's it, money comes a long way down that list of why are you doing this when I speak to people? You know, they, they're, they're doing it because often they love this. They, they, they find it fascinating. You know, it's they might have other reasons. They want to provide for their family. They want to build some security. They want to, there's any number of reasons that people get involved in this. It's the puzzle. They love the puzzle. They love the game. 
But it, it, it's it's never about the money when I ask them that. And when it is about the money, that, that becomes distracting because then you put the solution before the problem. We will return to the podcast shortly. Just a quick reminder that listeners of the Alpha Mind podcast can obtain a discount on the STA's outstanding technical analysis home study course. Visit alpha-mind.net to find out more about this offer. Now back to the podcast. You know, the, the problem is really, how do I win at this? And, and to win at this, it must be aligned to your purpose. You know, why am I in this? What am I doing this for? And you must always check in with your purpose. Because once you're doing that, it will direct you in the right way. Purpose, why, reason, they direct you in the right way. Money distracts and it takes you off a line. It stops you, you from you can't have money what you purpose. need to do to win. Yeah, if you've got you know, money... Money you must be the result. Yeah. Money must be the result. And, and you know, going back to the beginning of what you just said then in that, in that last little um, sort of diatribe, you, you talked about the need to learn to lose. And I always remember a quote, which I used to keep on my desk and it, it came from um, a book called Phantom of the Pit. And, and the line which always got me was the truth is that the best loser is the long-term winner. Yeah, exactly. And I loved that line, you know, and, and the book itself was a conversation between uh, this trader and I can't remember his name and um uh, and this this mythical um individual who, who he was having a conversation with who was called the Phantom of the Pits. Um so I always presume that the trader was a pit pit trader. I think his name was Art Simpson or Arthur Simpson, the guy who wrote the book. And you know one one of the big things I remember about it was he said that you know you need to modify your behavior to win at this. And that is the key to success in this game. You know, you, as you do this, you have to learn how to be to do this. That's almost, we go back to that walking the tightrope. You have to learn how to be to walk the tightrope at 200 feet in the air, not at two feet in the air. And that is the essence of what you need to do to trade. So, so when you start trading, when we all do it, you know, and I, I'd be the same if I started now. I'd probably think there's a simple system, there's a simple process. I just need that process and that system, and I'll make money. Okay, and then at some point you realise it's not that simple. It's not, it's how you are. It's how you adjust yourself. It's how you manage yourself. You know, and and learning to lose well, learning to fail, learning to deal with the fear, learning to deal with failure is part of this. And, and, and you know, if people who have listened to our podcast over many years will have heard us make this reference to how many people who have had early life traumas seem to succeed or, or seem to be well adjusted to trading because whatever failure trading brings, it's nothing to what they've experienced early in their life. And, and they already come to trading with this stronger disposition to dealing with failure and setback and upset and frustration and fear. Yeah, exactly. I think the uh, life lessons uh, are so important. And maybe people have just had such a such a you know easy ride so far that they, there's an expectation that everything I do, you know, just 
turns to gold and um, I'm always a winner. I'm always optimistic, but yeah, you need to change your attitude a bit walking into trading because, you know, give, give you a clue, it's not going to be easy. And I think that, um, you, you know, there's sometimes we we don't want to own up to our fragility and the things that we're not good at. You know, sometimes we, we just think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll cope and that, that'll get better in time. But actually, sometimes we need to just think, I'm say you know say to us say to ourselves, I'm absolutely useless at dealing with losses. Okay, fine, and and own up, acknowledge that, acknowledge the fact that I'm useless at dealing with losses. Accept it, and so accept it's going to happen. But also have this sort of growth mindset attitude, thinking, okay, so what sort of losses are we talking about? Because there's the calibration of winning and losing as well, which I think often has become, is a, is a great difficulty where people may, may put in their um, trade journals that the fact they've either lost or they've won. Well, actually what they should, what they should really indicate is the degree to which they have lost because actually it's, there's a, there's a bandwidth around zero or, or neutral where, some trades make a little bit, some trades lose a little bit. Okay, but your process and your method of thinking may be, at, may be still very, very sound. You might just need to calibrate the way that you're entering and you're exiting trades, but your process is, is perfect. So understanding that calibration that there's, you know, that, that in, in, in trading, there's no such thing as winning and losing. There's sort of this, this, this middle ground of, losing a little bit and you know pretty much break even okay it cost me a bit of money but it was a limited amount of money and under, and and yeah you know, I've won something here but I won small and there was a bit of luck involved maybe and and calibrating and then getting carried away I've had lots and lots of wins but they've been really minor they've been within the tolerance of you know a, a, a flat position well, you've had a few profits and a few losses. And so sort of don't calibrate. So do calibrate your trading success in a way that understands that perhaps a lot of what you're doing and thinking is a win isn't really a win, really. It's just, a, you know, a little bit of money on the table, but you're losing a bit of money as well. And so you do. And at some point, of course, if that's your model, then you know, your commissions and you know, your your market charges will start to take over, and you're you know you're going to have to stop because um, you know that's not sustainable. So this concept of understanding: if I won big, why did I win big? And if I had lost a lot, what, what happened there? Why did an interrogator? Why did that go wrong? And then have an action plan to do something about it. Some things would have been totally outside of your control. <clears throat> but there's no excuse to not having a stop in the market when a black swan event turns up. Um, now, I know in some markets, stops aren't guaranteed. <clears throat> so even stops may not protect you in some markets. I mean, I've seen horrific um, stop fields in the futures market where there's been so much activity that, your stop is just joined in a queue of market orders hitting the market. And it takes you a while to even understand from the um, exchange as to where your fill level is. And sometimes it is a long, long way offside. And of course, that that can wipe you out of it. Um, 
you know, is beyond your tolerance for taking pain financially. And I've seen that happen to professionals as, as well as um, retail people that have not operated in you know, guaranteed stop environments. I think guaranteed stops are out there, but you have to pay for them. There's, there's a higher commission charge for them. So even asking the question of the platform you use to trade the market becomes an important point as well. You know, is is the is the platform my engagement with the market um, giving me all the bells and whistles I really need to trade optimally? Because it might not, you know. And I think that's that's another big question. Because of course, if your toolkit isn't sharp and refined enough to to carry on your craft, then review your toolkit. <laughs> you know, if you carry on trying to saw and build a man cave as I did during lockdown, you start to understand that saws go blunt after a while, right? So no sawing everything by hand. After a while, I always used to think a saw was a saw. But, you know, these things are sharp for a while. But the more you cut, they go blunt. And actually tools get rusty. They go blunt. They become superseded by better technology tools and better sort of ways of doing things. And I think it's the same in the whole world of trading. Some people think, I've always been on this platform, I'm going to stay on this platform. But actually, you may want to look at your platform as well and think, you know, does it give me the best toolkit possible for me to engage and manage myself in the market? And I think that must be part of the process as well as the process of, you know, the psychology and the, you know, the, the behavioral side that we talk about. But I think that um, these things... You know, technology is evolving this space rapidly. And, of course, we're starting to go into system thinking and AI and, you know, black box and, and that type of, you know, the gamification type side. But I even saw the other day that there was this white box product that the French had created that was AI, but it was AI that understood why it took every step. And apparently it took on bridge players and for the first time it built it actually um, – uh, beaten bridge players because it was thinking like a bridge player. So technology is advancing, right? So well, I suspect that some of it will come into trading. And some of these great platform providers that are out there being your point of entry to the market, they're also going through change as well. So, so keep an eye on it and review your way of entry into the market because you may be using something that you know, doesn't shoot, suit your trading style. And so you're getting frustrated because, oh, I'd love to be able to do this, but I can't do it. Or, you know, why did it guess do that behavior as, as a platform on that particular stock when actually I didn't really think that was justified? So I think, you know, the conversation is bigger around, well, what gives me better comfort for trading? Because if, if I've got better comfort for trading, I'll have less fear. I'll have less frustration. Um, and, you know, failure, well, that's a different question altogether. But, you know, I think expect failure as part of the early process of learning and see failure as just learning. So don't even call it failure. Just say, okay, what do I learn reframe. from? Reframe. Just reframe it. Reframe yeah. it as learning opportunity. It's, it's not. It's not failure. It's just part of the game, you know. If, if you've got, if you've got a method that that loses money eighty percent of the time, but you win overall, then those eighty percent aren't failure. They're just part of the process. If you have a method that wins ninety percent of the time, 
but the 10% ones happen to be big losses. Okay. But overall, your process makes money. Yeah. Then never look at those bigger failures when they come across as fatal. So there's me. I'm using the word. It slips into, it's, it's really easy, <laughs> into the so easy, but that, you know, see those as part of, you know, the process, you know, if a tennis player doesn't consider a failure if he loses a set, if he wins the overall match, you know, he doesn't consider a failure if he loses a game or a, a point, a failure. He goes and wins the next point. He does, goes back to his process. And as a trader, you've almost got to take that game mindset to it, that there's yeah. going to be a back and a flow and a, a back and a forth and ever and a flow. You know, it's 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 really weird, isn't it, actually, how, how performance people, again, artists as well, musicians do so well. Because I think they almost have that, that aspect in their mind that, you know, when you were doing this, you know, as a musician every now and then, you're going to hit a bum note and you need to learn to play it. You know, um, you're going to forget a line as an actor. You're going to miss a shot as a player. But actually, that's just the terrain. And you just want to constantly try and get better. But, you know, they're always going to be features of the terrain because the terrain is ever-changing. Um, we're ever-changing. We're not perfect. We can't be perfect. But all you can do is is try and progress and try and adopt that growth mindset and really understand what a growth mindset is. It's almost a thing we mentioned in our very first podcast, <coughs> Yeah, all those episodes ago. No, I think that um, you know the, the 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 concepts of performance based around not what am I not whether I win or whether I fail because even when you win, you've got to step back and say what do I what do I learn from this? Okay, what do I learn? So every every trade, it's not have I won, have I lost is the question mark. It's what do I learn from the last process I went through irrespective of a plus or a minus being at the end because you've was still it part of my process? Huh? what it was it part of my process well, exactly if i start the process what can i learn from it because you know federer would not have got to where federer is or even nadal really um you know w- without constantly approaching the game as just a learning what do i learn what do i learn what do i learn um, and even when they're winning, because, you know, they're still picking up information, they're still refining. So even when they're winning, winning isn't a standstill moment for them. They're still stepping back and thinking, okay, how could I have done that better? Well, like like that question I asked to the, uh, you know, to the world champion investor, that US champion investor the other week, where I said, to him, okay, you made a thousand percent. Yeah, what could you have done better? Because <laughs> yeah. actually, I think we yeah. need to ask that question and not sort of get sort of complacent to guess thing where we're godlike and because we're always going to win. But actually, what could you have done better? Um, that, just going to jump in there. Of that success as well, because sometimes, yeah. sometimes, you, you know, if you've locked yourself away in a cave for ten years and you come up with a great model, what's been the cost of your success? Well, ten years of your life. You know, so back to you know, Tom Canfield working out through his experience that, you know, time is more important than money. Um, so what you do with your time becomes pretty critical as well as the mix-up of the decisions you have to make around whatever you do in life, including trading. 
Okay, what I was going to jump in there was just to let the audience know that Mark is referring to a podcast we've got coming up. Ah, it's coming with, up. Yes. It's coming up. They wouldn't have heard it yet. <coughs> so it's with Oliver Kale. And Oliver Kale was the investing world champion in 2020 with a return of 941%. I think it was in the category below a million dollars, um, which is the highest return they've ever had. Obviously, 2020 was a good year for returns, but he still was, I think, 200% clear of the rest of the field. And it was a phenomenal performance. And as you're hearing that interview, Mark (laughs) asks him, what could you have done better? Which is a lovely way of turning that on its head, isn't it? Yeah, he didn't expect that, but that, that's sort of the point, really. Because I think that is the question. It, it's not. It, it's understanding that yeah, you're going to win, you're going to lose, but 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 every stage of the journey, everything you do has to have a little equal sign after it that that you remember to ask yourself, what can I? What what have I learned from from that last trade? You know, could be anything. You know, even I, I should change the product I trade. A lot of people get sucked into product for peer pressure. My mates are trading it, so I'm trading it. But mm. you know, your 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 own personality and your evolving trading style may not match the product that you've suddenly been dragged into to trade. You might be a very yep. very yep. good trader, but you're trading the wrong product because yep. your mates trading it. Yep. And 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 as you'll hear when you hear that podcast, which will be out in May. Um, it wasn't a straight line for Oliver. You know, he had some serious dips and drawdowns during that period. And this is a kind of point. That 941% return would not have happened if he didn't have those drawdowns because that meant he was taking risk. It meant he was putting trades on. He was taking chances. Now, if he'd have tried to look at that and avoid that drawdown, he would never have made that money. You have to learn to lose well in order to win as frustrating as it is as fear-inducing as it is okay as much as you might equate that to failure you have to see that as part of the process the the other interview we've got coming up in may um and and it's a brilliant interview with someone who's been around at the top of the game for four decades okay a brilliant trader she was in the Second Market Wizards book. Her name is Linda Rashke. I'm sure many of you have heard of her. And in in the prep for that interview, I went back to read her original Market Wizards interview with Jack Schwager. And when I was reading it, there was, there was a part of the interview where, you know, she said she's had some pretty serious setbacks, you know, early in her career. And... The thing about them is she says, I always knew I'd make the money back because she had a process she trusted. And I thought that's just a great way of looking at it. If you have a process and a method and you know what you're doing and you've honed it and worked at it over many years and you trust it, and you do have one of those large setbacks, large failures, but you know that your process is likely to work. You never know it will work. You know, you can't know it will work. There is no perfect, okay? You you can only believe in what you do and trust yourself to do it and have a strong faith in that it does work. 
and, and past evidence has suggested that's the case over a long period, then you can trust yourself to bounce back from serious setbacks. And, and, and I go back to what was my, my best ever year in trading. Um, in fact, I could think to two of my best years in trading. In the, the best ever one, I, I was down a lot of money into May of that year. Um, but I trusted that the process was going to turn around at some point if I just followed it. Now, I'd, I'd been working by then, uh, trading by then 17 years. So I had faith in my process. But equally, much earlier in my career, when I had a, a great year, I went into March, quite a lot of money down for the year. But again, I, I backed myself and trusted myself that at some point, if I keep following this process, which I'm using and stick to it and adhere to it, it should turn around because a trade is going to come along or a series of trades are going to come along, which work for me and I have to take advantage of them. So that, that is this this element about fear. Linda Rashke, four decades doing it because she trusts her process. And, and 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 like Mark says, she evolves it as well. You know, she she she's got a core process, but she's always evolving and adapting with the market. And you'll hear that in the interview as well. So that will also be out in in May. So it's two great interviews we've got coming out, which we well, I, I implore you to wait for. They are brilliant. They are brilliant interviews. But Mark, I'm going I'm to hand back to you now. I think we need to sort of bring this this. Um, uh, episode with just the two of us to uh, a close so any final thoughts so we started off this podcast with the three f's of fear frustration and failure and, and the reason we did that was that we know that from our huge portfolio of podcasts that we've now run that the audience numbers really really pick up when we talk about pain when we talk about the difficulties, rather than when we talk about the success and, and winning. So we know that people are interested in this because people are going through fear, frustration and failure and perhaps think they're alone, but they're not. There's, there is this sense that you're not alone and that it is very, very common that people aren't addressing those three Fs as a fundamental starting point in their trading journey. And they need to pay more attention to understanding the need to have faith in process, faith in what you're doing at every level, faith in just what information you're using and why you're using it, rather than being based on just hope. You know, hope the global information feed will come out and be you know, market positive for your position uh, at any given time, which is, as I say, hope is like walking through the fire, whilst faith is jumping over the fire and, and surviving and learning from it. But the learning journey be becomes significant. So just asking yourself that question, what can I learn from this? What can, what can I adjust? And how do I move forward with a mindset, a growth mindset of just small changes, small tweaks, and, and paying attention, close attention to every part of a win or a failure? And I think you then start to overcome, you know, the fact that fear and frustration and failure could become your middle name, you know, if you don't pay attention to it. But if you do pay attention to the things that we've discussed today, then hopefully those words become 
less bold in your narrative of how you face the market. They sort of they're never going to disappear, but they become lighter, and and things that you're more able to to cope with and accept as just being normal. But you've got so much other positive stuff going on that that combats that because you've got this belief in process that you're building. So we've hope you've um, enjoyed that little chat today. We think it's important to talk about these things because we know that many other people aren't. But we we can go into this space with with our experience of markets and, and what we do with, with with confidence and some authority. So we hope you've enjoyed the show. We we wish you well and uh, good luck on your own trading journey. Thank you for listening today. We do hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, we would be delighted if you could leave a nice rating and a friendly review on whichever podcast service you use. Also, be sure to subscribe so as not to miss future episodes. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, the Society of Technical Analysts. As a reminder, you can check out how to obtain a discount on their outstanding technical analysis home study course at our website, alpha-mind.net. The Alpha Mind podcast is co-hosted by me, Stephen Goldstein, and Mark Randall, and brought to you by the Alpha Mind Project Limited. You can learn more about us and the trader performance coaching and executive coaching and leadership coaching programs and services we offer and other performance development services which we offer to professional trading businesses and individuals in the professional and retail trading space at our website, alpha-mind.net. We hope you enjoyed this week. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, do go back through our back catalogue and check out the many wonderful interviews we have with wonderful people from the financial markets. Thank you and best of luck going forward.